Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. This series and just like my own life experiences is like, it's a, it's always a battle. Like it's always a continual process because it's never like, it's not like, oh, okay, I saw a therapist, now I'm done. Right. Now I have to put these things into practice. Yeah. Oh, and then life's still happening? Okay, I still have to practice these things. Yeah, Dr. Ward, um, she says something that really touched me, that sometimes people feel as if um, they go to the doctor three, four times, you know, I'm healed. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, so um, how long did it take you to get to the place you are in that you when you realize you were sick mm. and some it take 10 12 years mm-hmm. and you think three sessions gonna heal you from that <laughs> yeah true <laughs> and, and, and it, it, it does not work like that you know it takes time and sometimes as much as time it took you to get in it's gonna take time to get you out of it mm-hmm. but we don't want to do that time no i'm trying to do that time <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Thorpe, and I am here with the one and only Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen. And we're continuing in our series, I Am Healed, highlighting Minority Mental Health Month uh, and all of the things that go with that, which is great. We love it because we need to talk about it. Right. Our people need to talk about it. Um, just like Dr. Borg, she created, uh, God created the doctors. So I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and so today, um, we're looking at the sermon topic. I am free. And we are looking at Luke 13, 10 through 17. And before you give us the background, um, on that, I wanted to say that I really like how you highlight people in the scripture who are nameless. Mm -hmm. So there's this woman, there's the crippled man, there's the man who said that, Lord, help my unbelief. Because I think those um, nameless heroes in scripture really allow us to connect and put ourselves in those those positions. And I think that's very valuable to look at as we – go throughout our own walks uh, and reading scripture and that they're nameless for a reason. Um, the Bible is very intentional. Um, so I thank you for highlighting those and not just, you know, sticking to those that have names, but let's talk about those who who are also um, going through these things that we experience every day. So. Right. And so, you know, these, uh, these nameless characters within the Bible like you said, it uh, it allows us all to put our name in mm-hmm. where there there is no name. It allow us to testify to to them, like yo, I'm I'm going through the same things, or I've been through the same things. Mm-hmm. But because I can see somebody in the Bible who went through it, mm-hmm. it gives me hope. It gives me joy mm-hmm. that I don't have to experience it alone. Right, and then. It also allows you to see the end of their story. Yeah. 
and if God did it for them, ah. Shaita, truly God would be able to do it for us. Mm-hmm. You feel what I mean? And so I think that's that's the joy of preaching nameless characters in the Bible. Yeah. So talk to us about this woman um, and what else is kind of going on in Luke um, in chapter 13. All right, it's, it's just Jesus on his normal routine of life, right? Jesus <laughs> doing <laughs> he's doing his normal things, just going from city to city. Mm-hmm. And on this day, he's in the synagogue. Um, he's um, he's in going to different places, and and normally when he go to a place, they have like assigned readers. Mm-hmm. They would read Old Testament scripture and then expound mm-hmm. upon it. Um, and Jesus at this time now, Jesus is um, assigned to be teaching in the synagogue okay. on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And um, and then while he's there, this woman shows up and he gives her what she needs. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love this, this narrative, this story of this woman who's been over for 18 years because mm-hmm. it speaks so much to patience perseverance uh, pain um, but it also speaks to being revived rejuvenated mm-hmm. turned around uplifted mm-hmm. and defended something I, mm-hmm. I didn't speak about in the sermon because I've preached from this text before but this time it was from a different light just focusing on the woman mm-hmm. uh, I I have a, a, a definition question in the text. It says, a spirit of infirmity. What is that? Yeah, it's just a weak spirit. Okay. Yeah, infirmity is just a weak. And, um, yeah. we, we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, so as we get into it, talking about a, a mental prison, uh, kind of living mm-hmm. in that space of like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, um, you know, fearing of, of tomorrow. Right. Um, and you made you, one of your statements was because we dwell on yesterday and worry about tomorrow, we are unable to enjoy today. And I can't tell you how many times this has been me, if not recently, just over my life of where I'm yesterday didn't go how I wanted it to, Mm -hmm. to go. Tomorrow's going to bring new challenges. And so I cannot be, I'm not as present right. um, to to be in the spaces that I'm in. And like, you know, I've lost sleep over tossing and turning, thinking right. about about it all. And it, and it truly is like a, a prison because I, I, I can't get out of it. Right. It's just, it's a cycle. Um, and I end up like one way I kind of get out of it, I'll journal. So that helps like relieve it a little bit. And then I'll have like lists of all the, of the things that I need to do. Oh, there's lists all over my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got lists in my phone. I have different journals for different lists just to kind of get it out of my head. But then the prison is now, it's not my head. Now it's on this paper. And now it's like, I have to do all these things that are on this paper and neglecting them isn't, that's not an option. So how do I create space to work through them, make it a reality? But it 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 definitely, yeah, it keeps me locked in. At times. All right, remind me to send you this link to this audio book. Okay, but I can't say the name of it online. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you probably read it, but I've I've listened to it and it's been very helpful with that. That 
mental pressure mm-hmm. uh, where you can lie in the bed at nine o'clock and don't actually get to sleep to about one to two a.m. <sighs> because you're thinking about what happened to you that day mm-hmm. and you're trying to think about what you're going to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so you really don't have answers to any of it. Mm-mm. But we allow it to still stress us. Mm-hmm. When you just, like I said, toss and turn, TV on, TV off, um, you know, trying to get up, get down, lay down, or just be laying there mm-hmm. and just cannot focus on going to sleep. Yeah. Because your mind is has been imprisoned by the troubles of yesterday and the unpredictability of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And because of that, in that moment, you lose sleep, you're stressed out, and you're wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's just that freedom that we need, that peace again, mm-hmm. that we, we should be seeking is, is not found mm-hmm. because we have allowed this mental bars of our mind to imprison us because mm-hmm. we're just like, yo, how I'm going to get this done? How I'm going to do this, write this paper, yeah. uh, um, do this podcast, mm-hmm. be at Sunday, uh, running the sound and mm-hmm. the sound go out and pass the go crazy every time the sound <laughs> go out. It's like you're speaking <laughs> to my life. <laughs> right. How, how I'm gonna get this? Uh, how, <laughs> the job needs mm-hmm. these reports in by yesterday, and I I totally skipped it. I didn't see the email when the deadline was, mm-hmm. and no one cares about excuses. Nope. Um, and and so and so that's what that's where we often are. And so how do I escape this mental distress that I've imprisoned myself? Mm-hmm. Not because of what anyone else has done, not because of any stipulation anyone else has put on me, but I've put myself in this prison. And we all live there mm-hmm. or have lived there before until we find a way to escape or somebody say, hey, let me pull you out of this mm-hmm. pit. And so it's just it's so real. Right. It just it speaks to the human condition of who we are that we often imprison ourselves mm-hmm. because in our own mental abilities. And, and that's what I believe that that hinders a lot of us, mm-hmm. especially those, I want to say African-American people, because we have so many high expectations of ourselves to try to be great, to mm-hmm. try to be better than the next person, to try to do things on higher levels. And I'm like, Tara, my wife, she worked for American Family. She's mm-hmm. like, yo, I got to go get an MBA. I got to go get another degree because mm-hmm. I want to move up in the company. But then the people that are over her only got a bachelor's degree. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we was we was on vacation. Um, we was on vacation and one time. And uh, we was talking to this lady and she's like, she's over a major company with a high school diploma. <laughs> she don't look like us. Mm-hmm. She's mm. our cousin, right? Mm. Uh, from a different hue, but mm-hmm. but 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 we as African Americans, we have to push and strive to 
always prove why we should be selected as the best mm-hmm. so we have to achieve higher goals right i don't know i can't speak for everybody but that's just me that's sometimes mm-hmm. that's my mentality got to get the next certificate got to get the next degree got to get the next job uh got to be great at what mm-hmm. we're doing and if we're not we're looked at insufficient or ignorant yeah and but then you look at your counterparts that that do not possess the same credential in which you have, but they're in higher positions than what you are in. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a horrible thing, right? I remember being in the army, you know, I'm a fueler, mm-hmm. which a patrolling supply specialist that I just take care of uh, oil and lubricants, uh, refueling aircrafts and ground vehicles. I don't think that takes much knowledge to do. (laughs) (laughs) However, in the Army, in order for me to get promoted, I have to be the best of the best. So they, while I was in, I don't know how it is now, while I was in, they had this 800-point scale for promotion. And it consisted of uh, civilian education, military education, Physical fitness, weapons. I think those four things. Yeah, and then you got to go to like a board, Mm. and they evaluate your knowledge Mm -hmm. about your job, leadership, and things like that. For me to get promoted to an E six, I have to score seven hundred and ninety eight points. Oh, well, okay. Which means I got to be the best at physical fitness, mm-hmm. the best with my weapon. Mm-hmm. I got to have all these college credits. I got to have all this civilian, edu- at least associate's degree for mm-hmm. civilian education. And I have to score at least 150 points out of 150 points at the board. Whereas an infantryman, all they're doing is shooting guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They, they, I watch them. They just train and do physical fitness all day, shoot their weapons all day, and they only need 550 points. What? Yeah. Or analysts, like a computer analyst or MI, military intelligence, they probably need 600 points. What? But me, this fueler, have to score at a higher rate, and it's because... There's more people in my position that will need to get promoted and they don't want to promote all of us, but they don't think that's right. No. Where these other jobs who require top physical fitness and top weaponry, they require that to in, in order to perform their job, but they don't have to score high in order to get promoted. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the system. That's the system, and I I struggled with that for a long time. I got promoted. I had to do it while I was in Afghanistan. I was taking college credits like crazy. I'm online. I'm in. They had uh they had a on on in Afghanistan. They had like um classes you can take in person too. Mm. So they had like teachers and stuff. Uh, it was service members who had like degrees and was able to teach. Yeah, and so I was taking at least four classes a semester wow. for that whole year I was over there. 
Wow. Crazy, huh? I don't know how I did it, Uh, but but I wanted to get promoted, Mm -hmm. and um, and and that was just, and but it it was stressful, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, family back home, and Um, but yeah, the the expectations on African Americans to perform at such a high level, and it's the high the the heightened level of performance, and then on the back end, it's like the 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 large slide of failure. So if you don't achieve those things, if you're, if you do everything, if you get to your example of the 800 points and you need 798 Mm -hmm. to, to move forward, you get 795 maybe for someone who doesn't identify as African-American is like, Oh, that's okay. Like they may slide them through, or they may recalculate. Let me relook. Let me talk to some people. Mm-hmm. So it's you can get bumped up to that to that seven ninety eight. But as an African American, it's like mm, you didn't make it. You know what? You actually didn't do that well. We're gonna reevaluate, and now you're back at like six hundred points. Right. Like the slide is just it's so gravitas, and you are. And now this is a stigma that you. Like you can't do it, mm-hmm. and then it just adds another layer onto trying to have to to perform well and per- to perform at a high level. Like I'd say, in like my spaces, like there are people. <clears throat> like if we're looking at experience and how you, the more experience you have, you should be elevated. I have what six years of experience on my boss, mm. and that's not necessary that's not valued in that space but yet i'll see another colleague who's like oh well they're in this position because they have more experience and it's like well where's the consistency across the board where's the communication how are we evaluating this if if you want people to come in with experience and you want them to be successful but yet you're not allowing for opportunity equal opportunities for them to do so mm-hmm. it makes it hard to to show up right and so you even see the struggle with the nfl and how they often hire for head coaches quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators mm-hmm. um but you know most you know black athletes and they really never play quarterback mm-hmm. and most of them play defense and so most of them be defensive coordinators or mm-hmm. in that vein somewhere in there and so they can't get the same opportunities even though they have met the same criteria mm-hmm. and so that's that's and then that mentally plays on you you know you i'm pretty sure anyone who's gone through um applying for a job or being in a job yeah. and seeing those things take place that that caused that mental prison and bars to come up um i remember um and then we can move on i, I remember too like um i was in afghanistan and I had did all of this work. I had planned my whole year out. Like before I leave Afghanistan, I'm gonna be a staff sergeant. Um, planned the whole year out, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the board the last month that mm-hmm. we're there. However, my leadership won't allow me to go to the board, mm-hmm. and uh, and I saw it since I can. I had maxed out everything, my physical fitness, my weaponry. I had maxed everything out. And all I had to do was go back to the board to get promoted. Mm-hmm. 
and my leadership wouldn't let me go because there's too many people that were trying to go. I was upset. And then uh, somebody told me, you know, in those moments, you don't even want to hear Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I was totally upset. And one of my soldiers said, hey, Pastor, me, hey, hey uh, sorry now. And they knew I don't know. I was preaching while I was in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. It's like, yo, promotion don't come from the east or the west. That comes from above. Psalms, I think 60-something. I forget. I was like, what, man? Get out of here. They letting these other people <laughs> do the board and stuff. But that scripture came to life to be true uh, because a year later while I was in Virginia, I did everything. I had to do everything all over again, weapons and, mm-hmm. and physical fitness. I do most of it all over again. And um, and I maxed out everything again. Now the only thing I need is to go to the board, mm-hmm. uh, get to the board, and before I go in the board, I call Tara and I was like, hey, uh, can you go downstairs and look at my paperwork? I need to make sure I got this answer correct. Mm-hmm. Um, she go, she say, hey, um, I ain't want to tell you because I know you was going to the board. I've been having contractions all night long. So when you left this morning to go to the board, I drove myself to the hospital because I think I'm in labor. Oh, well. You feel me? <laughs> I said, come again and say what? And then, so I go tell my first line, like, uh-huh. yo, uh, my wife is in labor. Is there any way they can move me up to get in the board? Uh, Sergeant Major, which is the highest dude, mm-hmm. he come out the room, said, hey, what you need to get promoted? I said, um, I need 150. He said, if you get 150 points, you promote on the first. I said, who is Sergeant Major? Who I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, who is Sergeant Major? Sergeant Major said, who? All right, come on in. Yeah, I knock on the door, go in, do all my uh, uniform uh, movements, and, and I sit down. Uh, they ask me three questions apiece, simple questions, easy questions, uh, and I got them all right. Mm-hmm. And then they say, hey, get out of here, go get, go be with your wife. Mm. Um, the first I got promoted. Huh. You feel what I'm saying? And that was uh-huh. a manifestation of what that soldier told me that day that I was upset with Mm -hmm. because I had studied, I had prepared, but that promotion didn't come from East nor West. It came from above Mm -hmm. from no, you know, God, God was able to bless me now because I had allowed that to hunt me. I was mad because I was seeing all these other people getting promoted. And then when we got back to the States, one of my first line supervisors, he saw like like one of my friends got like a battlefield promotion. That means he didn't have to go to the board. He didn't have to do nothing. He just they just had to write up, do a write up on him. He got promoted, and I was like, "Yo, I'm working harder than these dudes." Mm-hmm. Now they get a bronze star out of it because of the work I did. I'm like, I'm working harder than the, everybody else, and I can't get promoted. And you gonna get this dude a battlefield promotion? He don't need seven ninety eight to get promoted. I need seven ninety eight yeah. to get promoted. He don't need six hundred points. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? And so you know it's harder for me, and you don't want to look out for me. Oh, I was I was upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next year, God made a way. God made a way, and uh, but it's crazy. Two years later, I got out the army. <laughs> <laughs> All that. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and and so it took it took you a year. Uh, kind of like how we talked about in the last podcast of you know how long were you fighting um or how long did it take you to realize that you were sick right and then to go through like two to three uh sessions with a counselor or a doctor and uh, be like i'm healed right like right. it 
So that that took you a year. It took you a year to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman in this text, it took her eighteen <laughs> years to be free. And I and I think one one piece as as so simple and as basic as it, as it is is, you know, you you have to show up for the things that you want. Right. And she and she showed up. She was there, um, and you go, go ahead. I hear Yo, she eighteen years, right? That is from a child to a young adult. That that would be for me. Eighteen years ago, I was a freshman in college. Eighteen years ago? Yep, I'm eighteen years away from being eighteen. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, dang, 18 years. I was 22. I'm old. We old. Yes. Dang. I ain't no use that old. <laughs> Thanks. But, <laughs> but that, yeah, that's 18 years is a long time mm-hmm. to be in the same condition with, with no way out. Mm-hmm. Just ponder that. Every time you go to the doctor, it's the same result. Yeah. Every morning you wake up, it's the same result. Every time you look around, or you expect something greater to happen for 18 years, nothing changes. Right? Mm. She had a spirit of infirmity, right? Mm-hmm. She had a a weak spirit. Mm-hmm. She had a weak spirit. Um, just just too weak to to fight, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you can tell when someone just spirit is weak that you know they just don't look like themselves. Mm-hmm. They look as if they just given up on everything. You know? yeah. Um, and this was her. She had a spirit of infirmity. She was too weak, but she also, she also had a physical problem. Mm-hmm. She was bent over. Yeah. Um, and and this, um, this illness in which she had is the cause of the curvature of the spine. The spine to have a curve in it, and it happened in little girls during this time. And this mm-hmm. is this lady. Um, probably at an adolescent, nine or ten years old. You know, we just we don't know the age, but we can suspect adolescent, nine to ten years old, and her back begins to curve. Mm. And for eighteen years, she's having to deal with this pain of this view of life of always looking down. Mm. Help us today, God. Mm. Her view of life was always looking down because her back was bent over. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine how painful it was just to look up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, But then she also had a a spiritual problem, Mm -hmm. physical problem. But she also had a mental problem because the Bible says in no way. She was able to lift her own self up. No, the mind is the central control system of of the body. Mm -hmm. Whatever the mind or the brain tells the body to do, it does, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens when your mind cannot control your body? 
she couldn't even encourage herself. She's paralyzed pretty much. She's yeah. bent over. She's unable to, to change her physical condition. But she showed up in church. I don't know how many how often she was there, but but with her with her problems that she was dealing with, she still showed up in church. Yeah. I, I don't know the consistency of her being around the people of God, but in spite of her problem going on within herself, she find she found a way to be in the synagogue. Yeah. And I hope this is a message for anyone that is listening, that no matter what you're going through, church is still the place you belong. And mm-hmm. I'm confused why, how people um, go through life's challenges in the first place they stop attending is the church house. I am on the sneaky suspicion to suggest that the more you show up, the more you'll be able to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. This 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 woman, she 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 showed up. She showed up. She was just in church. She was just there. It doesn't say she was helping anyone. Doesn't say mm-hmm. she was a part of any ministry. <laughs> doesn't say that she was with the AV or <laughs> she was with the crew. All we know is she showed up. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the hope. This is the hope of the text. You don't mind me moving on to the next point. Go ahead. This is the hope of the text that she showed up. And because she showed up, Jesus saw her. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all we need just for somebody to see us. Yeah. To notice us. To recognize where we are. To see the what we're enduring to seeing what we're experiencing. That's all we need Mm -hmm. is somebody to see us. And and Jesus saw her of all the people. I'm pretty sure it may have been hundreds or even thousands, depends on the size of the building, wherever Mm -hmm. Jesus was speaking, it was large crowds that surrounded him and was there with him. And, 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 and and he notices this one lady in the crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. You talking about me? <laughs> Who me, Jesus? Mm-hmm. The Bible says he saw her. And I hope this encouraged someone. Jesus sees you also. Mm-hmm. The tears, the pain, the heartache, the heart broke. He sees you, the the discouragement, the dis defeated moments the discontentment the fear the anger the anxiety the hopelessness jesus sees you and we're glad about that we're we're, we're so glad we're so glad about that no no this do we see luke how he his literary construct of this story how he just totally talks about the pain of the woman, what she's going through, mm-hmm. the issues in which she's faking, facing, I said faking, uh, <laughs> facing, and he says, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a woman with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years who was bent over and no eyes could raise herself up. But. But. 
Ooh, the butt. Thank God for the butt in the text. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the butt. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because the butt canceled out everything that was said prior to it. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus saw her, not when, but but Jesus saw her. That that's that's the goal. That's the goal for us to get Jesus to see us. Mm-hmm. You want me to keep going? You. You got any questions? Because I'm feeling weird, real preachy, you know. What I mean? Yeah, um, which is which is great. You know, this, this is this is a great space for you to do that. Continue continue to practice your craft, Pastor. Yes. Um, um, I will say during this point specifically in the sermon live, you used your biblical imagination a lot, and I really <laughs> truly appreciate that. Um, and and I think too, like uh, as we're talking about Jesus seeing her. The thought, as you were describing her spine and how she spent, okay, let's say she's 36 years old. Mm -hmm. She spent this last half of her life, these last 18 years, looking down at the ground. So grounded view. And my thought is like, she heard Jesus was coming, but she probably didn't see him either. Mm. She didn't see him. He He was there. He saw her, but she didn't see him. And just speaking of how God sees everything, Jesus is present. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows where you're moving to. We may not see him, but we need to know that he always sees us. Right. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was my little part of that. <laughs> yeah, yo, he saw her, right, in the condition in which she was in, not in the upright 36 inches on her hair, Nails done, mm-hmm. eyelashes on, so big she can fly away by blinking her you eyes. Need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no stilettos, no pencil skirt or red bottoms. She wasn't glamorous at all, mm-hmm. but he saw her, and I really like this story because she receives an unsolicited blessing mm-hmm. because she's not there saying <clears throat> she's not there saying. Jesus healed me. Mm-hmm. She just showed up. She just showed up. Right? Blind Bartimaeus, he's on the side of the road, and he's yelling at Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's so loud that the people with sight tell him to be quiet. Uh-huh. I love that story, too, because the people who had what they needed tell someone who needs something to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, nah. the Bible says he, 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 he cried out even louder. Mm-hmm. Have mercy on me. And then Jesus gives him insight. We see the 10 lepers who mm-hmm. are on the side of the road and they're saying the same things. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus tells them, hey, go see the priest. And as they're walking away, they are healed. Mm-hmm. And the Canaanite woman, she comes and says, hey, Jesus, 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 heal my daughter. And the disciples say, yo, send her away. And she just keep mm. on pleading with Jesus. Jesus says, yo, I didn't come for you, right? Um, and um, she said, yo, I don't care. I need my daughter need to be healed because she wasn't a Jew. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, we can't give food to the dogs. She said, I don't want no food. Just give me the crumb. Mm. 
because the same thing the ingredients and the crumbs are in the whole meal just mm-hmm. give me <laughs> just give me the crumbs so, so they are soliciting jesus they are begging jesus for a blessing but this woman she just showed up mm. she just was in worship she just wanted to be in his presence help us today mm. and sometimes sometimes uh, uh, when when you just need him, he'll give you what you need. Mm-hmm. Right, and sometimes it don't take it don't take a whole lot to get your blessing. Sometimes it's just showing up and being present. Yeah. And this is woman; she receives an unsolicited blessing from Jesus Himself. Yeah, He saw her. Right, He saw her, and that 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 that's the most important thing that He. He saw her. Yep, he saw her. Um, yeah, and her, like you said, and her in in quote unquote imperfectness, and that's where Jesus meets us where we are. We mm-hmm. don't have to be kind of. Kinda, uh, we've talked about this before of how um, the the perception is that I have to be better before I go to church. Right. That this woman is a prime example of no, you do not. You need to come, come as you are right now. I, G- I Jesus will provide healing for you as you desire it. And, uh, and in the space where Jesus, she's free because Jesus spoke to her. But he he didn't, he didn't say words to her, or he declared that she's loose. But it wasn't, uh, like a you are. Like how we've heard kind of previously in the text or other texts of you're healed from X or demons come out. Um, He's freeing her holistically, like Mm -hmm. her mind and her body, uh, which is key to understanding the the tie between the two, which we talked about in in the previous podcast of that connection of spiritual and mental and I and I liked this part. I never thought about this before, where where you said that um, Jesus doesn't call out any demons, nor does he rebuke the devil, because um, the devil didn't have um, the devil didn't cause the sickness in her mind. Am I remember? I'm remembering that correctly. I believe. Yeah. And um. Oh man, I just drew a blank. Oh my gosh, oh, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, so so he, 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 this lets us know that all problems don't come from the devil. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The devil is a trickster. He's a manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, no, people say the eye of mind is the devil's workshop, mm-hmm. where he just continuing to to work on us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular text, Jesus says nothing about the devil mm-hmm. nor demons. It's just, he says, woman, thou art loose from your infirmities, right? From your weak we- spirit, mm-hmm. from your weakness, you are freed from that. And then he touched her mm-hmm. and she was made straight. And it's not that the touching or the speaking supersedes each other. 
it's the combination of them both. Mm-hmm. He loose her spirit, then he heals her body. Hmm. Because if he just healed her body, she'll still have a weak spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than a whole body and a mentally disturbed mind. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's nothing worse, but that 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 is a difficult place to be in. Mm-hmm. That you have everything functioning well, you once was bent over, mm-hmm. but now you're made straight, but your mind is still in that bent over state. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Jesus is, I believe. Is saying, I don't want you to have the same mentality you had when you were bent over. Yeah. I want to change your mental state. So let me loose your spirit mm-hmm. and let me straighten your body. And so even though she was bent over, um, he wanted to free her from that mental place of anguish. Uh, of feeling, no, no, that she probably was wondering why me, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else has a straight body i have a bent over body she probably couldn't get married you know back in those days mm-hmm. uh women can't get married they you know parents they just can kick them out and throw them away um but 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 she she is freed mm. um from this um physical deformity of her body and Jesus said, I want to heal your body, but I also need to heal your mind. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about our spirit, our spirit is our mental, you know, where we are mentally, emotionally, and things of that sort. So Jesus heals her mind and her body mm-hmm. so that she can be the best person she could be after the healing. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we've received freedom um, from our physical state, but our minds are still in that same mental state, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, or where where we've been delivered, um, but we still think the same way. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I want to f- I want to focus on the whole healing and not just a partial healing. So, woman, thou art loose, and then he touched her, and she was made straight. Not suggesting that Jesus cannot speak and miracles take place, but it's suggesting that Jesus focusing on speaking to her spirit and touching her body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it gives us another touch point in connection with Jesus. Because as you stated, she probably wasn't married just based on cultural time. So she's very much alone. Mm -hmm. And then even in this crowd of folks, um, she's not trying to yell over top of them like, Jesus, heal me, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and depending on where she was, what time she got there, all all of those things. So the, um, the intimacy of that moment, um, I feel like is amplified as as we continue to talk about it because, like I said, Jesus is meeting us where we are, and he's freeing her mind and her body, understanding that she really needed she needed both in order to move forward and and shout right. She she celebrated Mm -hmm. uh, and praised God for that. So she she needed both of those in order to be able to 
to do that and and be a testimony for us reading that story today all right and then uh here's the overflow right here uh-huh. exclusive and so and so the ruler of the synagogue is upset mm. because jesus heals this woman on the sabbath oh he said yo jesus <clears throat> uh the bible said he speaks to the crowd he don't even speak to jesus he speaks to the crowd he said yo she could got healed on any other day why she got to get healed on the sabbath hmm. and jesus says yo um you loose your ox and your bulls but you mad this daughter of Abraham gets her healing on the Sabbath. Mm. As to say, you take care of your animals. But here is a daughter of Abraham. Which means she's in the lineage of Jesus. She's uh, 100% Jew. Mm. And you mad because she get a healing on the Sabbath. Hmm. Jesus defends the woman. He heals her mm. and then he defends her. Right? She doesn't say anything throughout this whole passage, mm-hmm. but Jesus speaks on her behalf when the haters were coming after her. Yeah. Mm. That 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 speaks to me too that mm-hmm. Jesus is our advocate. Mm-hmm. He is the one who speaks on our behalf and take care of us when we cannot speak for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I love this story because it's hope in this story that 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 we are free. Mm-hmm. We're so free that we don't have to respond to the words of our enemies. Okay. Right? Because sometimes we think we have, we must have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. If you said something to me, I got to say something back to you. Mm-hmm. But Jesus shows, the woman shows us, we don't even have to respond. Because I'm at so much peace, whatever you say don't even matter. Jesus, take care of that. Yep. Baby, bye, as my brother was saying. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? You got to worry. You had such a place of freedom um, that you say, yo, this is nothing and that's when that's where he was that's where that's where uh, this lady was in the text that she didn't have to worry about anything she her mind had been changed her body has been healed and jesus had become her advocate yeah and so she didn't have to worry about anything she can leave singing i am free Mm. praise the lord i'm free praise the lord i'm free no longer bound No more chains holding me. My soul is you better sing. rested. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. Mm, those are all of the questions that I have. Do you have any parting pastoral points for the people? Yeah, live in your freedom. Live in it. And don't, 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 don't be, um, so pressed uh, that you cannot live in the freedom in which God has given us already. We don't have to fight for it. We don't have to struggle for it. We just, we must live in it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Pastor. (coughs) All right. 
And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please continue to come back for more episodes and follow us on mtzlife.com to see all of our other content. And until then, have a great day and stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.